Hey guys, it's Josh and welcome back to the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today, we have Valerie DeLugo. Valerie, tell everybody just a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Valerie DeLugo. Um, I am a marriage and family therapist and a dating and relationship coach. And I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. That's one place, like I've been all over like California, but I've yet to visit San Francisco. But I just hear it's like so beautiful and all my friends think like that's the spot I need to move to. They're like, you would love it there. Like it's where you belong. Maybe I'll have to make my wow. way out to the Bay. I mean, I've just met you, but you do have a real like relaxed vibe and uh, San Francisco is is pretty relaxed. And I was just, I live in the East Bay now as we call it, but uh, I was just in San Francisco yesterday and I'm like, Damn it. I love this place. It's so beautiful. So it is. It's gorgeous. And um, there's so much rich culture and history. Um, so we've tried to move away, but um, <laughs> we just came right back. So were you were you born in San Fran or did you migrate there? Yeah, I came after college. Um, I had a best friend in college who got a job out here, and, and so then I found a job out here. Uh, but I grew up, I was born in New York and grew up in Connecticut. Wow, so you've, you've been in like a couple places, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as an adult, I just want to live near the water, in a city near the water. That's think, where I feel comfortable. I think that's like everybody's dream. <laughs> I'm not going to say I hate it here, but I was like, I always tend to visit places like by the water. Just, I don't know. It feels like the air is fresher. It's like more relaxed. And then there's like so many like activities you can do. You know, I'm a big water person hanging out on the beach for lunch. Ugh. I, I saw this sign that said I wasn't born on the water, but I got here as fast as I could. And that, that resonates. <laughs> I need to get that like as like a like a doormat or something to put in front of my place. Um, um, and there's some research, actually, a psychology research that people who live by water report a higher uh, satisfaction in life. They're happier. I think some of the happiest like people I met was when I spent my time in Hawaii. And I mean, they're surrounded by it. So I, I believe mm -hmm. it. The research, you know, seems pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And in Hawaii, they talk about you know, like the spirit of Hawaii, there's something very special about how you feel when you're in Hawaii. I, Calm, peaceful, inviting. That's how I feel. When yeah. Go. They say Disney's the most magical place on earth, but I'd argue it's Hawaii. <laughs> I, listen. Why is there so much crying at Disney if, if, if it's the most magical place? That's, I, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Why are there so many tantrums from adults and kids? <laughs> Oh, we have to ask Valerie. We ask everybody at the start of every episode, what is your relationship status? Are you still a bachelorette? Have you retired your bachelorette jersey? Or are you just kind of figuring things out right now? <laughs> I, I love that concept. I feel like there's a lot of potential. And I, I really love that concept because um, I have retired my bachelorette jersey. I wish that I knew I was on a team and it was like, Good to have team pride when I was a bachelorette. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I think there's so much pressure, especially on women. I think you can maybe say that there's also pressure on men, but there's just like, you're just 
quite not worthy enough if you're a bachelorette. So I wish I had that team jersey, that team spirit back then. So I really love that. You're, you, you are. We're starting this off on a great foot. I've been married for 16 years to the same person. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I would say like maybe 80% of the time, I feel very happily married. Uh, <laughs> then there's, then there's, I was just telling a friend this morning, then there's the other times where I'm like, well, has this really run its course? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the good old 80-20 split. That's that's not bad in bowling, you know, uh, speaking about teams. No, no the good old 80-20 rule. Yeah, 20%, I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, and then 80%, I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy. I want to normalize that too, actually, for expectations purposes. I, I can't name anything that I'm 100% on, meaning that 100% of the time I'm like always on board. Uh-huh. whether that's like my love of sleep sometimes I'm like you know what I sleep too much or <laughs> or I was like am I having too much fun like should I be slightly more productive like there, uh-huh. there's no matter what you do there's always like some point where it's like mm, you know, yeah, you, yeah yeah I was gonna say the sun because the sun like I feel like a very sad house plant when I don't get enough sun yeah and so I was about to say well I don't know I think I'm down with the sun for a hundred percent but then there's sometimes where I don't put off on enough sunscreen or I'm just feeling shriveled up or too hot yeah I think yeah 20 percent of the time I need to be in the shade exactly so, overheating yeah. is a thing okay um it really is. I'm I'm right there at the top of that list I was like once once we get above 85, I'm like, hey, we really have to think about what we're doing. Let's be tr- strategic here, okay? Listen, a dry 82. Mm. That's my perfect temperature. A yeah. dry 82. Okay. Because a right. humid 82 is about 90, and that's no fun. I but a dry 82, you can get in the pool. If there's a little bit of a breeze, you still feel – because if you're at 75 and there's a breeze, you might feel cold. But a dry 82, that's what I've come to. See, that's that Bay logic right there. That's that West Coast mentality. Uh, 75 (laughs) with the breeze. I was like, no, over here on the east side, I will take that any day. Well, in the winter, last week we had a little bit of a um, of a of a heat uh, heat spell for the winter, and it was about seventy, and there was still a breeze. But but then when you're like, but it's winter and it's seventy, I'll take yeah. the winter seventy. Oh yeah. Like yesterday, it got up to like maybe like sixty, sixty one. I got in the hot tub yesterday. I had no. I was like, after I got off work, slid into the hot tub. I was fine. With it. I was like, this is beautiful. I'll take this any day. Yeah. Um, I think I also found the one thing that I'm 100% on now, humidity. There's never a time where I'm like, I wish it was more humid. Look at us. Yeah. Self-discovery, okay, guys? The journey never stops, okay? <laughs> you you witnessed it live, and right here. Live, live. I, I, yeah, I call that, like, I have a self-series, and I call that self-mastery. You got to know. You got to know when like you should not turn on that Adele song because you're just gonna cry you know you should know when like you need to get you need to exit the building like yeah. that's self-mastery and that feels good that feels like you are adulting listen I honestly I call it the opposite I think that's like my inner child coming out it's like you've comple- you've completed a new level like in your video game and it's just like I bossed up a little bit like <laughs> okay yeah. I like that too yeah. I like that too listen, that's great he, I've come up with the perfect metaphor for life, and people just don't know it yet. It's okay, a, I want to hear it. It's a seesaw. Life is a seesaw, okay? 
we're always trying to find a balance between our raging dumpster fire self, quote unquote, adulthood. Yeah. Okay. There are very few times where like it really balances out. And when you hit that sweet spot where you're like level in the middle, it's like nice. But like most times, at least for me, I tend to be more on like the dumpster fire side. Like <laughs> I see where I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just, yeah. We're just, we're just burning brilliantly right now, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh no. Um, but Valerie, you are a yes. you you are a dating and relationship coach, um, just like me. So I feel that it's only right that I ask you this. Sure. What made you interested in love? Mm. Love. <laughs> Don't we all love love? Do you love to love, love, love? Um, I, okay, this is, this is my story. I'm sticking to it. I, I do, I joke, but there's a lot of, this is 80, 20, I think. This is, this is 80% true. But I say that um, my degree in marriage and family therapy saved my marriage. Or it enabled me. It, it gave me the um, necessary tools and understanding to understand myself, understand this other very strange human. I was just telling a friend today, at first, my husband was doing stuff that I was like, what? Like, should I be worried? Like, yeah. Is it going to get weirder and stranger than this? Like, I thought I knew him. And, and so uh, I was confused. And I think that the things that I learned in my training really helped help our relationship help me to figure it out to maybe figure him out a little bit more to figure myself out so i just feel like i'm on a bit of a mission just to help reduce suffering to help people because we all feel good right when our little when our little self who used to play video games and like feel really proud when you when you leveled up like we all want to feel like we have the skills necessary to do this thing called life and be an adult and be an adult in relationships um so that's how I got interested in in in, uh, in sort of this line of work and love. And, oh, it feels so good to be loved. You know what? I won't argue that it does feel good to be loved. Um, not just romantically, uh, platonically, uh, yep. familiar. Like, yes. I, I, I love how my mother loves me, how, how my mom loves me. There's mm-hmm. just something different. Like, mom love hits different, you know? It's like the yeah. best. And yeah. that comes in like the form of food for like our relationship. Yep. Like it may not be a hug. Like, did she hug me enough? I don't know, but she definitely <laughs> fed me enough. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> What's your favorite dish from your mom? Do oh, you have dude, one favorite? It has to be the mom's mac and cheese. Okay. Like yeah. I will honestly, like everybody says like their mom's the best cook or like their mom makes like the best mac and cheese. I yeah. will literally like go into a con- like a casino or like start a tournament and like challenge every mom against my mom's mac and cheese. And here's why, here's why. I'm not even biased on this. It's not just me yes. like loving her. I'll yeah. introduce like my friends, like they'll come over for meals and like they'll have it. Or just last week, um, some of my coworkers came over and they were hungry and my mom had just left and there was some in the fridge. And so I like heated it up for them. And like the, everybody's like, what is this? This is like the best Mac I've ever had. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, like, she's made it better before. They're like, no, like you can't top this. 
And I'm just like, listen, if I can make you turn on your own parents' mac and cheese, that means it has to be good. Like, that's just, that's fact. Yeah. This is just, yeah, unbiased feedback. You know, uh, my last name, DeLuco, is Italian. And so it was my dad's sauce because, you know, we're from New York. Yeah. Uh, And he would make his sauce. Uh, And um, when I would go to college, he would freeze it in Ziploc bags. Oh, yes. Yep. And and I and I'd bring it on the plane in my carry-on, frozen, and then I would have big parties with my friends of just like spaghetti um, parties. So I do get that. I, I do. I do. I do feel that inside. Also, my grandmother, her sauce, obviously the sauce from which my dad's came. Correct. She would always say, if we say grandma, this is so good. She'd always say, it's not my best. It's not my best. Hundred percent, and that's not my best. It's the humble flex right there. Like I love that. Yeah, that's the energy that I hope best. to have one day. You know, Grandma, when are we gonna have your best? Did we ever have your best? I don't know, but this is not my best. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> and, and and here's what I think, because as like my mom's getting older, and so we we worry about like traditions being passed on. So my generation. I like. I was like, well, I want to keep this like thing going. So I learned how to yeah. make it, um, and I was like, the first like two times I made it, I was like, I was like, it has nothing on my mom's. Like she's definitely still crapping on me. Um, but like the third or maybe f- fourth time I made it, I was like, okay, okay, uh, this 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 hits right it. here. And here was the perfect uh, thing. My mom had um. This is sorry, guys. We're like sidetracked right now, but I love this story. <laughs> Um, my, Just think about your own family. Yes, like, cause, like, guys, let me know, like, whenever you hear this, like, what's your, like, what's that dish for your family? Because I, I, like, I genuinely want to know. And fight people over. Yes. yes. Um, my mom was hurt one year for Thanksgiving, um, so like she couldn't like lift anything, um, so she kind of like she talked me through. She was like, "Hey, you know what goes in it, kind of, like." So she just kind of like told me what what went into it, and so I made I made it myself. And she supervised, um, but like she was like, just go off your taste, whatever. I cooked it, um, and so when everybody came over, we pulled it out. We like it was in the oven, um, and we started serving it. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, uh, like this is like one of the best you've ever done it!" Like like yada yada yada. And so I waited till everybody had a plate. Everybody <laughs> had a plate, and I was like, uh, I was like, "What do you guys think about the macaroni?" There was like, "Hey, your mom did something different this year," and I was like. Yeah, she did. She let me in the kitchen. They're like, you didn't make this. And I was like, she's like, we saw your attempt last year. That wasn't it. And I like looked over at her. I was like, hey, mom, who cooked the Mac this year? She was like, no, Josh did it. Like, I like, I, all I did was like look over his shoulder a little bit, but 99.9% wow. was me. Good for you. Shut them all up. And I was good. like, so I was like, I can say, I was, I was like, leveling up. I was like, that was my best. Every since I'm like the same as my mom now. I was like, ah, I've done, I've done better. It can be better. It's missing a little something. <laughs> and your mom could handle. Yeah. Your mom could handle that. You, she's passed the torch on to you. Hundred percent. Um. So like, that she's retired from work. Like they've all retired, and they're like, we want to sit down and like be like waited on now. So. Yeah. They love the fact <laughs> that um, you know, we're taking and over. Yeah. My my little brother asked for my grandma's uh, like New York cheesecake recipe. And she kept saying no. And he was like, you know, an aspiring cook, a chef. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of felt sad that he, she wouldn't share it. And finally, like, Grandma, why won't you share the recipe? And she said, 
Well, because if you have my recipe, what would you need me for anymore? That's so that's so, so true. I do have family members yeah. who are still like that with some dishes. Um, so some, so some you're gonna get in the yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> and I, some are gonna come with the will. Oh, uh, and that's just. I mean, but I mean that's the beautiful thing about food. Um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I was like, I feel like food is my love language. Um, I feel like it's it's and it's a mixture of of them. In case you guys want to argue, it's like quality. <laughs> it's like quality time, um, uh-huh. acts of service, and gift yeah. giving. You know, yeah, all rolled yeah, up into sure. one. Sure, I mean I support that. I had a client who, like, well, what's wrong with this guy? She's like, he just comes and eats all my food. Doesn't even ask me if I want any. Or like, I think there's lots of cultures that food is just really right in the center, and you know, you can feel loved. Or I had a client whose mom passed, and you know, uh, she felt to, to like com- like memorialize her mom. She was like making all the dishes and yeah. felt close to her mom when she was cooking. So food is deep. I, it's, it, I think. I'm a bit anti, I'm, I'm anti-diet culture, and I just think diet culture can rob you of enjoying, right, these foods that are such a part of our culture, our history, you know, and where we come from, and just the stories that are interwoven into those. So I'm, I'm all for that, Josh. Listen, everybody that's in the not-so-bad fam, like, agrees. We talk about this all the time. Is I think, like, food is also self-care to me. A lot of power in it, like you were saying. Nostalgia is part of it. Um, sometimes yeah. you're just like in a really like maybe like dark or sad place, and like eating this thing reminds you of a happier time or like the warmth of somebody who's not who's no longer there. Um, yeah. So I was like, for that's me, I was back. like, I was like, that's that's therapy. I was like, you who who needs it? You know? Yeah. Let's take back um, emotional eating. Like we do eat for emotional reasons, and it's valid. Even I can get the staunchest of people to say, when it's cold out, doesn't it feel better, right? Yeah. You're, you're feeling better because you're eating something that's cold or warmer if you're sick. Um, so there's certain things you want to eat or drink when you're celebrating. So it's not all bad. And I love that you're just kind of continuing to normalize that. Yeah. Um, Which kind of brings back to like, like you were saying, and I agree, and, and in my programs, I really talk to women about creating like lavish, just like wonderful, rich lives outside of your romantic uh, partner. And and I, a lot of that has to do with like, sorry, with uh, family and friendships, especially for, I think, straight women, you know, our partners, like I was talking to a lesbian therapist and she's like, wait, so your partners don't like, she's like, I have very high standards for emotional, like what I expect out of a partner. And right. If you're, if you're partnered with someone that's of your same, you know, gender, then they understand some of the things you're going through. But if you have an opposite sex partner, you know, gender non-binary partner that hasn't gone through what you've gone through, like you need, I I tell straight women, you need your girlfriends. You need to have those really rich, right. Strong bonds in and out of your romantic relationships. And I just think, while I'm on my soapbox, let me just finish saying uh, that I think our culture, I'm all for it. Someone said, oh, I looked at your website and it's like, 
you really believe in romance. Well, sure, I do. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I think that it's every, most people desire it. It's it's inbred into our into our nature. But I think our culture is maybe just uh, put it up on a little bit too high of a pedestal as far as your life have meaning or worth if you're not in a romantic partnership. Listen, you are getting really close to a hot topic for us, so you better <laughs> you better be careful because you know, listen, I'm gonna get on the soapbox too, and we don't want that. Okay, okay. Uh, no. Um, What's your soapbox about? What's the hot topic? So for me, I my saying is one of the things we have on the show is being single that bad because I enjoy being a bachelor. There's I don't think there's anything wrong with it. However, looking at society. Like you said, I think they put a little too much value on the whole romance piece. And it's like you're almost devalued if you're single. Because the questions you get asked, oh, I know you probably like got asked these at some point, like coming from an Italian family. Why are you so, why are you, we all get these no matter what your family. Mm-hmm. Why are you still single? You know, when are you going to make yeah. me a grandparent? You know, um, yep. like what's wrong with him? Hmm? When are you going to find the one? You know, uh, you, yep. you know, all those, uh, those basic stereotypical questions that we all get. And it's never like, you know, like, why aren't you happy? Um, how, you know, like, are you, you know, like that nobody ever really checks on like, are you okay being alone? You know, or they think uh, if you yeah. are alone, there's also a tie into sexuality. Cause I've like never brought a girl home and like both my parents like sat me down and one day and they're like, Hey, like Josh, you know, we'll still love you. Like if you're gay. And I was like, yes i would hope so and i was like that's okay i was like <laughs> like where did this come from and they're like well you never bring anybody home and it's like well, that has zero to do with my sexuality and more to do with the fact that you both are a little bad shit sometimes you know <laughs> i was like i just don't want to scare them off okay <laughs> we haven't gotten to that place in the relationship yet exactly <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny yeah that's funny yeah you know there's something called social currency and you have more social currency when you're in a relationship. I had a client that was like, I had a client that was like, I'm dreading going to this weekend with a bunch of friends because I'm the only single one now. And before I had a, my own room in the Airbnb, but now that I'm the only single person, now they expect me to go on the air mattress in the living room. And it was really helpful for her to hear me tell her like, yeah, that's because as a single person, you have less social currency than a married person, yeah. right? For a long time, we didn't, well, I don't think we've ever, right? Had a, or maybe we've had a, a president that was uh, divorced maybe, but you know, that was a sign that a man could be uh, a know, good leader. Yeah. trusted, that could lead. You need to have the family. So it's social currency. I mean, and that's not just our that culture or country. That's like almost every culture. There's yeah. something about being a protector if you can't protect or like provide for your own family, how are you supposed to do it for like tens, like hundreds, millions of others, which is not true. I was like, you know what? I think let's, let's get some single moms to be president. Okay. Because I'll tell you what, having a single mom, she kicked ass and she probably whipped the country into shape a little bit. We'd have bomb mac and cheese all the time. So (laughs) that's right. School lunches, (laughs) mac and cheese. Yeah. The good one. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, and I, I want to turn that on its head. So I really like your bachelorette jersey uh, metaphor, but I, I also talk about solos. Like it's your solo season. There's a lot of great things mm-hmm. about not having to consult anyone, to not have anything to tie you down, to not, you know, my husband um, was building his company. You know, <laughs> I was the volunteer, to so to speak, you know, that was like, I, you know, you have responsibilities like, hey, I'm in the, like, um, I'm, I'm in this relationship and I need some attention and I need you to be home sometimes. Right. So there's everybody loves a solo. If you're ever a singer or played in band or whatever, uh, whatever it may be, everybody wanted a solo. Yeah. So it was your time to shine. You could you could riff, right? You're singing the national anthem by yourself. You could you could try Whitney Houston's version, right? Like you could do whatever you want. And I think that because we've put so much pressure, people aren't enjoying that. I have clients who are saying, I, I have the money to buy a house, but I was supposed to do that with a partner. Mm-hmm. So what things, right? What things are you not allowing yourself to enjoy or do? I agree. A lot of times people, they we put they put so much pressure on first. Like I said, I want to buy my first house with my partner. Um, the first time I wanted to do like a big trip or like this yeah, huge like permanent places. investment. Like, I, like mm-hmm. there has to be somebody holding my hand, which I disagree with. How do you know you, maybe you having the house? isn't what like attracts your partner to you right now i'm watching love is blind it's crazy how like on shows like these or like uh married at first sight where like people have two different lives where they don't know each other and then they all of a sudden have to come together and figure out like how to make this one life cohesive joint and i was like for me breaking a lease on an apartment is not cheap um so if we both had to break leases and then go into buying a house i was like i feel like that's a huge financial undertaking and like deficit right away however if only one of us has to do it and then we already have a place to call our own that would lighten that burden or if you're at different points in life you know like maybe you didn't have great credit or you're just out of school and like your partner has a house like i mean there are a lot of different things to it but i was like i was like so don't don't allow that like not being alone you know uh, being unpartnered to stop you from leveling up and reaching these monumental achievements that you can in life. I always talk about the both and, and uh, one of my clients was like, I'm coming, I'm coming to you now because I've just been getting trickle down therapy from all my other friends, uh, therapists, but now I need my own. So a little trickle down therapy is the both and in life. We can hold on and validate this desire and it's beautiful. And yes, being loved and partnered with someone is amazing. And also, right, living in that tension that you can hold that and grieve it when you need to and have your feelings when you need to and do what you need to do so that maybe it happens. But on the other hand, you can also fully enjoy life in the moment and as it is and know that you are a whole person. And I know it sounds cheesy, like, oh, like, I'd never believe this, like, that you're only, like, that you're looking for your other half. But I, but it's almost like that's how we live when we're single, right? That we're not quite worth it, or having a house just for ourselves. We're right. not worth all those things, you know, on our own. Right. It has to be with someone else. And I wonder what different lives we would all live if we would if we would live our single seasons differently they say good things come to those who wait but they also say you got to strike while the iron's hot 
So if you are in a place where you've been given these opportunities, you know, sometimes not everything ages well. Once again, loves mom, mom's Mac. But if you leave that out for a couple of days, mm-hmm. it's not it. You know, you have you yeah. have a brief time to live, enjoy this. Yeah, live the life you have right now. Yeah. I have I, I know someone that they're both on their second marriages. And, you know, um, one of them spent many of their young years, like creating businesses and companies and now has the has the wealth to enjoy uh the kids and of the other partner and you know just live uh their spaciousness in their lives to enjoy right so setting the way even for the life that you want in the future yes uh josh if i can also say something that helps i see helps my clients is the the concept of radical acceptance there's one part of looking for love this journey that we have no control over and that is when love actually comes and we Mm -hmm. find that match right? We can do things, right? If you're saying, you know, I want to buy a new house, you got to get out there. You got (laughs) to, you got to hire a real estate agent, right? You got to get your, you got to go out to open houses. You got to be swiping on the Zillow, right? Uh, And so you have to do those things, but you really can't control when true love happens, when a real connection happens. So I think just radically accepting that, that, even though my goal is to be partnered, I actually don't have any control over when that match will strike. So if I radically accept that and live in the moment that I'm at, we're reducing suffering and just realizing like, okay, I can't control that. So let me just go live the heck out of life right now as I see it. Cause we can't control. I had single seasons inside of my marriage when my husband was traveling so much, mm-hmm. right? Building his business. Wow, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm now. I'm the third wheel in my friends' dates, and what do I do with all this uh, free time? And I get to choose whatever I'm eating or watching tonight. I don't have to, you know, think about someone else. Or we don't we don't have any control over what's going to happen in the future. So just knowing how to optimize those single seasons will set you up for a life that you're not waiting for the destination. You're enjoying it. You're enjoying the journey as well. Right. And also piggybacking off of that, I think one thing that people don't understand or isn't really talked about is the word partnered in itself or like relationships um, is they think that all the work that they do in their sing- single season, um, like while they're in their free agencies, um, as I call it, um, mm-hmm. that that is supposed to help them get a partner or mm-hmm. attract the right person. But I don't necessarily think that's right. I think I was like, what I tell people before is that I'm when you, when we work together, I'm preparing you to potentially be a better partner. I'm not preparing you to get something because like, once again, we have no control over this. Yeah. You know, I was like, the work we're doing is, is for you just to, you know, boost up your fundamentals, so to speak, uh, keeping in that sports mm-hmm. metaphor. That way, when you finally get on the court or you're on a team, mm-hmm. you have all these skills to make sure it's a winning team. Um, yeah. You know, um, and a lot of people That's don't, great. they don't necessarily realize that, that like I said, you sometimes you just have to wait to see your progress or wait to see these um, skills in action until you're actually on the court, until it's game day, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just practice. Um, I love 
That's great. That's great. I love the song. Um, you know, the song that says, now that we've found love, what are we going to do with it? Oh, yes. Uh, and, and is it the end of the movie Hitch, which back in the day it was hilarious? Oh, still um, is, still but... is. Like, I just saw it not too long ago and I got a couple laughs. laughs. You know, they're at the end, they're doing all the dance. Yes. Like, oh, found love. And, and I, I had a moment where I really thought that, like, okay, you fought so hard to get love and, like, are you, now what are you doing with it? And that's why part of my, my mission is, like, finding, nurturing and celebrating love because it almost feels sometimes like a trophy, right. Or like a, like a hunt. Okay. I, I, you know, um, I got, I got the, I got my, my, my catch, (laughs) but then like, are you prepared and and are you looking past? Like I I got chosen or I felt like got drafted, right? right. I signed the contract. Uh, but now like, that's why I always, I also say like, you want a marriage as beautiful as the wedding that you're preparing for. Right. And I think maybe women, I'm going out on a limb, have a lot more Pinterest boards about their special day and their dresses, right? And all the energy and money that goes into that. But where's like your Pinterest board for like how you want to feel in that relationship? Where's the skills you're building, right? Because you can really mess up a good thing (laughs) by, by not working on it. I tell a lot of the guys I like I shoot for uh, that I work with is I was like you guys don't want like a fairy tale ending or like um, a cinematic love. And they're like, well, why not? Like you know, every you know every girl wants to be like a princess, and then like you know like these grand gestures. And I was like, here's the reason you don't want that. These movies or these things that you see, they're only designed to show you the starting point. Like there's a lot of adversity getting to um, the start line with these people falling in love. Yes, we have now fallen in love for each other. I was like, okay, but what comes after? See, if you're only prepping for the beginning, You're gonna be, you're gonna be a little messed up in the middle, <laughs> and then you, and that's gonna lead you to a really quick end, you know? Yeah. So yeah, rom coms they they stop at the highest point, right? Because they where they're taking us on a on a roller coaster journey, right? There's a few ups and downs before mm-hmm. they get together, but like buckle in, yeah. <laughs> there's gonna be some some dips. And some pretty high highs and low lows after the relationship. And it's different for everyone. Some people, they have that honeymoon phase. Some people, it's like, whoa, it's bad from the beginning and they've got to work on it, you know. Uh, so it really does. like, and, and it wouldn't feel emotionally satisfying, would it, if we're sitting in for a great night of entertainment and the movie, you know, stops when somebody gets into some real trouble in their relationship, we want it right. We want it to crescendo into this beautiful thing. And that's why I think that like TV shows are a better um, example of like love than movies, simply for the fact that a season can end anywhere within a relationship, but it's how do you start a new, the next season and then play through that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I like that. Sometimes you have these single seasons. Um, so I was like, you could necessarily like be going through a rough patch. You know, you didn't you didn't make it to the playoffs this season. But the next season, who's to say if you hang in there, stick with your team, 
brush up back on those fundamentals, you know, your communication, uh, your spontaneity, um, and just focusing on yourself that in your next romantic season, you're not taking home the big trophy, you know? Um, so yeah. that, that's what I always tell people is like, you, you gotta, you gotta think, you gotta keep thinking forward. Um, life is just a bunch of like finish line. I mean, starting lines. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, okay, like you, you've, you've made it here. Now you're starting another race. Uh, how are you going to train for it? You know? Yeah. It's a different yeah. course. It's not something you're used to. So you gotta, you gotta keep practicing. Yep. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with, I, I talk about fairy tale moments. I think, and you can even think about like relationships you have, or if you're in one, I didn't ask you your relationship status, but uh, if you know that there's fairy tale moments, everybody's relationship has a fairy tale moment, whether it's like how their proposal went or how you met or this right. great, you know, vacation you went on, or like, you know, there's all these montages in a movie about, you know, just people having fun or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you can be in your life and think like, this is such a good moment, but there are moments there are moments in between a lot of um, sort of boring, monotonous day to day, right? And then there's there's periods of uh, sadness. Like you can't, you know, you can't control if something's going to happen to your partner. You just never know. And so, um, I just would like to normalize that. And that is why I'll I'll be very open about talking about my relationship like some of I'll I'll use analogies of things that we have had to put into practice or overcome uh just I guess just to normalize so it's not like oh look we're so happy and and you could you too could have this happy relationship if you just follow my five steps no it's like here here's what research shows right here's what psychology is showing us the tools you need um and here's some funny stories about how we really messed it up exactly (laughs) right like i'm still struggling i'm still you know trying not to get defensive i'm still trying to remember you know grace and patience and all of that it's that seesaw i was talking about earlier it's like we know what we need to do we know where we like we want to be at but we like we tend to also be in this state where like we're not quite there yet so we're like we're back and forth it's like i know like i'm not being attacked but somehow I still feel like a little like hurt by this, mm-hmm. you know, sure. or, or I saw this post on Facebook yesterday. Um, and it was like, it was like, have you ever vented to somebody? And then like instantly like thought to yourself, maybe I should have held that in. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's like a developmental journey through and through. It's like, it's like, I know what I should be doing right now, but I also know what I'm going to do. It's like, there's what I plan and then there's reality. You know? Yeah, we all have triggers. We all have like sensitivities, um, you know, and just bad days um, and also leveling up your skills. So I love that, you know, you're coaching guys, the bachelors and the bachelor pad, um, because sometimes I mean, I'm shocked that people don't also kind of think like, I I don't know how to do this. Like, let me go find some skills. Let me read a book, right. listen to some podcasts. Let me get into a group because there's nowhere they teach us this stuff. And that's why, like, I'm like, I want to take what I learned in grad school 
And I was able to like in small bits, apply it to my relationship and see change and see that this love that we had that, you know, this spark and this love that we had for each other, the mixing of our personalities, like that is kind of just, um, organic right like that that just that's something you find but how you your skills around it and how you manage it right that takes work and so i wanted to take these little tiny bites and and help teach them to other people because there's nowhere that that we're taught this stuff i agree cut out of the curriculum right next to taxes and (laughs) listen i was i was just um putting together like people like well what are some questions we can ask you and i was like um, one thing I'd love to be asked is like, why do I think the education system failed us? Yeah. Because it's it tore, it tore, yep. it tore away or just like ne- neglected to give us so many tools that we need to be uh, effective adults in the society. Um, like yeah. you said, from like, ho- like home ec, um, that going away, I was like, I feel like that's a, especially for men. I was like, there are so many guys who rely on their mom or their girlfriends to do cooking. But I was like, oh, I, yeah. but I was like, I always liked to get away from those gender roles. I was like, I was, I was so excited to take home ec when I got to like middle school and it was offered, and they got rid of it, or it was like, well, you're uh, you're a boy, so you have to like sign up for shop. And I was like, um, no, I already kind of know how to build things. I was like, I want to learn something a I don't know how to do, and b that'll help me more in life, you know? Yeah. Because if I'm stranded yeah. somewhere, I need to eat before I can even think about building anything. <laughs> Right. It also helps, like you said, like it's one of those skills when you're unpartnered that you that you need to do, because as a almost thirty something year old man, I was like, if I didn't know how to cook for myself, or I'm just eating like cup of noodles and pizza pockets and all this other stuff, uh-huh. I was like, hey, what woman's gonna want me? <laughs> and B, <laughs> I was like, my body's probably gonna hate me in another ten to twenty years, you know, um, for not giving yeah. it the good stuff. Affecting your health or your finances, right? If you're ordering out a lot. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Uh, New York, I think it's New York City, um, could have passed a law that all curriculum now, uh, all schools need to have a mental health curriculum for their students. They should. I was so excited when I heard that. Um, and I, I said this, I was like, that's a big red flag for me and like what I like for my friends or people like coach. I was like, hey, like if your partner or like somebody you're interested in isn't in therapy or um, doesn't really take the time to kind of like check in with themselves, I, I would be a little cautious about how you proceed because these one-on-one check-ins are like having somebody to vent to or kind of guide you down some of these uh, pitfalls that like life will throw at you is super crucial. And I was like, if you... yeah. Uh, if like we excuse children for having tantrums because they haven't learned to control their emotions yet. It's the same for adults, except we do have an option. We do have an, um, a tool that to teach us how to do that, you know? Um, so the earlier you give that to people, the better we'll be as a, just a people as a species. Research shows for heterosexual relationships that it's, uh, the man's emotional intelligence, their EQ, that is going to uh, influence the happiness of the relationship. So I not can... not the females. Yeah. So when I have people ask me, what should I even be looking for? 
Number one is EQ. Do they have emotional intelligence? Are they able to look inside themselves? Are they able to uh, have empathy and actually say to themselves, oh, I wonder like how she's feeling or how she could be feeling or how this could impact her and then have the skills to look inside of that yourself. And then, and then the communication skills to do conflict resol- resolution or connect intimate connection. And, you know, you know, I, I can believe that I can see that um, in a lot of cases because and actually say to themselves, Oh, I wonder like how she's feeling or how she could be feeling or how this could impact her and then have the skills to look inside of that yourself. And then, and then the communication skills to do conflict resol- resolution or connect intimate connection. And, you know, you know, I, I can believe that I can see that um, in a lot of cases because I was talking about this earlier today. Um, I feel like really the, the straw that always breaks the camel's back is usually the man simply because when he is bored or he feels like he's not appreciated, then he goes and does something destructive. I was like, I, like, I can say this as a guy. I was like, we tend to be very self-sabotaging um, just out of pride um, because we're, we're... And maybe some unprocessed emotions, right? Yeah, or yes. triggers. Um, not connecting to... I might actually be feeling vulnerable, you know, because we allow men to be angry. Exactly. Right? That's an okay, yeah. Um, I, and I was, and that's what I was saying. Is like from a young age, where I don't think people have realized it, but um, there we're taught to um, kind of strip away the EQ of men um, because we we tell them that like a boy should do this and then a man should do this, uh-huh. and as you go from boy to man, you should become kind of almost more closed off. Um, Boys don't cry. Exactly. Yep. You need to be tough. That's true. Are tied to our femininity, mm-hmm. which is also problematic um, mm-hmm. because yin without yang is unbalanced and causes chaos. If we want to have a balanced life, that means we have to have balanced life force. And that sends back to emotions. That's why I'm, that's why I encourage people to like, get outside your comfort zone. And that's the reason I started the show in general, because I feel like there's a million podcasts or a million coaches for women to better themselves or like to like find healthier relationships. But I was like, can you really name one tool for a guy to like improve? Mm-mm. Or like, who does he go to? I was like, cause yeah. even sometimes like a lot, some of these coaches, like they just specifically work with women. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if you just work with women, like who am I supposed to go to? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I work with uh, men and women is cause I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, hey, pick my brain or I was like, let me give you the opposite opinion, you know, uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. from that, you can you can start problem solving and be like, well, if this is what my partner is thinking, I could understand why he was upset or why he shut down or, you know, Mm -hmm. or here's what I should be doing or I could do to maybe help strengthen our connection. Yeah. Um, And then for like men, I was just like, hey wake up. You're being a piece of garbage. We can be better. It is okay to, to be vulnerable with your partner. Um, it is okay to ask for things. Um, things don't necessarily revolve around you. That's a big topic is for me with some of my younger clients is 
they just assume that like they're the son inside their relationship. And I was like, no, that's not how this works. You know, you're twin flames. Like you both matter. You both shine just as bright. You don't need, you don't depend on one another to be complete, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I think the patriarchy harms us all. I think, you know, I think the society does um, in many ways, allow for more space for men you know uh and so sure why not why 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 should you think that the world revolves around him or his, he's supposed to be his needs are supposed to be centered in the relationship right, right? so there's some societal messages that we have to break and i love i love what you're doing i have a spot on my website that says uh, this group is for women but if you're a guy you know we're talking the binary here you know please reach out to me because i would like to also uh extend that because once i saw like oh well a marital happiness is it, it, it rests on the emotional intelligence of the men. Like, yeah, I can help women. I can help women all they want. And, and, and maybe it's, could their relationship change? Sure. Could they coach their, their male partners a bit into a, a, a greater sense of emotional intelligence? Sure. Let's get to the source. <laughs> and I think it's not fair. We, we don't, there isn't the room for men to process their emotions. And I think that, as women, we can make safer places, right, uh, for men to feel vulnerable that that they can share their feelings as well. I agree. We don't expect it'd be silly for me to take somebody from high school and throw them into a professional sport and expect them to operate on the same level or have the same maturity as somebody who went to high school, then college, like and like played again in college and then like made it like to a professional level so much more experience you can honestly it like even starts with the, like the talk with the guys it's usually hey put a condom on don't bring home any grandkids you know and here are like some like diseases some genital diseases <laughs> that, that's what that is you know um like you you were set up literally from the time you were like yeah young to be yeah. to, to to fail or to be yeah. just i'm not even saying fail to be ignorant of Sure. So many things um, that like directly involve you. Yeah, and I know you you asked me the question uh, earlier, like how do how do people date smarter, not harder? And I think I'm I'm helping women to see that. I know you're worried about time, but you're wasting time with with men that are not ready. And I think that we also have to. And especially it's the best time to do it when you're dating, expect more. And and if you can say to a man like, or a woman, I remember when we were dating, I hung up on my husband or my husband to be, and I was, I was, I couldn't believe what he was saying. So I just hung up and he, and he called back and he was like, yep, we're going to be in a relationship. You're not going to do that. And I'm like, I respect that. You're right. That was wrong. I'm sorry. Right. right? So if you can call, if you can call someone up to a certain level, um, and say this is how I expect to be treated. I always say we teach people how we want to be treated by by accepting it and not saying it, by you know, by by our silence and by our actions. So we 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 teach people how we're allowed to be treated. And so I think you date smarter, not harder, by by just really being honest, not what you wish this person you know, would be, or what you're looking for. It's like, 
is this is this garbage behavior then goodbye thank you i wish you well and move on right we waste we should be we should be worried about the time we're wasting with people that either you know is it's not what you want or accepting behavior because like well you know giving the benefit of the doubt we give too much benefit of the doubt and you can see small signs that someone does want to grow i'm all for that because i'm like a coach a cheerleader at heart but if if the behavior is not there it's not going to get better from here everyone's on their best behavior in the beginning that's human nature that's true they always say good things come in threes i believe bad things come in threes as well so i have like a very firm three strike policy for all relationships in my life Mm. um and that's meaning like whether it's communication or action i will allow three instances of like bad or like ineffective like communication or behavior and then after that third one i was like i'm done you, you struck out like a, mm-hmm. you, yeah pack your bags you're not on the team anymore <laughs> sorry <laughs> go back to the d league <laughs> yeah pretty much you're a free agent you know uh, go crazy i think i i think it's my angelou who said um when people show us who they are we need to listen Yes. And we're not good. We're not we're good not. at that. So Damn. I, I, I encourage people when you're dating, listen, daters, <laughs> when you're dating, I know that you have, I imagine you're on like a safari or some sort of like zoological and you're looking for the, and I know that in your head, I really want to see this one animal this one bird and so every bird you see you're like is that it oh but it has this like one blue feather is Mm -hmm. it blue i don't know the one i want has blue feathers but i don't know is that black i can't tell oh it must be blue we we imprint right we we fill in the blanks of any information that we don't know onto uh potential people and that first of all it's not fair to anybody it's not um accurate and it sets us up for failure because that person is showing you exactly who they are or giving you clues and you're imprinting, um, superimposing what you want. Right. So really allow someone. Don't just be like, oh, I think he's this way or she's this way. No, I want to see it. I want to prove I need to see I need to see a full wing of blue feathers before I, you know. Yeah. And I think if we take our time and really look and really say, is that person capable of this or am i just hoping i'm wishing because i don't want to wait any longer because whatever they're they're good looking or whatever it may be so really wait to let to let that person show you who they are and then listen to them because then that's on you yeah that's on you for you know i think from the beginning my husband was incredibly spontaneous and I, I don't know, I think in the beginning, I, I just thought like, oh, it's like, you know, the rush of excitement of a new relationship or like, hey, why don't you come meet me, you know, in 20 minutes? I'm like, what? Wait, you know, or oh, never mind. Just meet me over here instead. And I think in the thrill of like the new relationship days. But guess what? Guess what? We still have issues with <laughs> this man wants to this man wants to just, you know, throw everything down and totally change the plan, you know, so really pay attention is some of the best advice I can give. I, I agree. I love how this naturally just like developed. I was like, cause technically I've only asked you one question. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, that happens. <laughs> um, 
but like we still covered so much. Um, mm -hmm. I, I say this because even I have trouble taking my own advice or like knowing exactly what to say on this. When you work with women who you think that like sometimes they need to take a break, like they maybe don't need to be partnered right now. What are some signs that like that's that's the phase or the season that they're in? That's a good question. Also, I just want to follow up. What I what I also wanted to say was, you know, we're not always the best. I think in relationships, but men are outdoing us in. <laughs> right, we're just we're just one step. So I think as men level up their their skills, then I think it calls into account you know, women, when we're not really doing our best, either showing up, I think it's just that we, we, we're one step ahead. So we can, we can get on our yep, high horse little wax, like yeah. we're so much better mm -hmm. that we're so much better at relationships, but, but you know what, do your work and, and, and it'll, it'll force, you, you know, your female partner to also have to really level up and go, you know what, you're right. I could do better at that. Um, the signs that I look for where maybe it's time for a break, um, I really, first of all, tell women to trust their intuition. And if, you're, if your mind is telling you, like, I, I need to focus on myself, I need a break. I was hearing this so much. That's why I created this program, Reset Yourself for Love, because I just was hearing it so much. I said it when I was single. Um, I, I mean, I got married at 30 and, you know, uh, in the early 2000s, that was kind of late. I know now it's not. It's maybe even feeling like a bit early. early yeah. But at 30, it was like, why aren't you guys married yet? Um, so I did feel like, man, I'm just sitting on the shelf for a while. And I, that made me have all kinds of feelings. And I really had to look at, like, why do I feel bad about myself and 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 look at my own worth and what it meant to find somebody. Was it life so much better? Uh, it feels good to be loved, but it doesn't solve all your problems. That right. I would love every, everybody to know that as well. Uh, if you're like Groundhog Day uh, with the relationships and the same issue is happening, if your friends are like, you keep doing the same thing, if it's too frustrating, if you're wanting to give up, I think sometimes taking a break and, and again, trying to date smarter, not harder, um, can really sort of save sanity. And for my program, you don't have to stop dating, but I think that I'm, this program, I think started out of hearing so many women say like, I need a break. I need to figure out what's going on. Mm. And sometimes one of our, one of our modules is about love leaving a mark. And what, what are some of your enduring vulnerabilities? What are some triggers that you keep finding in your relationship, uh, those sensitive areas that maybe, like you said, self-sabotage, um, not valuing yourself, not not having boundaries, not knowing your worth, not centering yourself. I have women tell me all the time, like, well, you know, you know, he was doing this one thing all night. I was so nervous to like, you know, that he'd be mad if I said anything about it. And I said, well, did you ever ask yourself, do you like that person doing it? And they said, you know what? I didn't even think to, I didn't even think to ask myself what I wanted. I was just worried about how he would feel and how he would react. Right. Hey, that's intuition. She thought that because like you said, men's EQ kind of determines the happiness of the relationship. <laughs> And also, that's another thing that I feel like fosters this whole men being this like the center of the solar system. 
now knowing that like how well I I am <laughs> determines how well this relationship is going to be, it would be really toxic if you if we get a new breed of men who are like emotionally aware, but like like are petty enough to like tank it, you know? Like I was like I was like, wouldn't that just be some shit? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up because the true definition of emotional intelligence is being able to look inside yourself and figure out what's going on with you to connect inside, then have enough empathy to put yourself, empathy is being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? And then having the having the relational and communicational effectiveness to work it out. Right. So that's the full three parts of the EQ. So nice try. <laughs> I mean, because like, like, but you have to have that emotional, relational effectiveness as well. Yeah. Because it's like, point. like I said, if you have the skills, like, there are a lot of talented people, or like, we, we all do this. Say somebody cuts us off in traffic. We all know, we all have the ability to like ignore it, or like, we know, like, okay, break, and like, here's how we should manage. But there's just sometimes it's just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to be civil today. Like, I woke up and I chose violence. I'm not going high. I'm going low. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, yeah. it's not that you don't have the tools not to do it. It's like you have the tools and you're like, eh, no thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer this screw in instead of using the screwdriver. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, now nah, that, that, that's, that's a different topic that we will have to get into some other time. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, guys, we are not a close. I'm sorry. Please, I don't want to create a villain right now. Please don't use the tools that we equip you with for evil, okay? Just use them yeah. for love. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I don't like uh, types um, when people have the Groundhog Day uh, syndrome, it's usually because they habitually go for the same type of situation or same type of or the familiar um, partner. And I was like, people always ask me, what's my type? And I was like, I don't have a type because if you have a type and you're still single, that means you were ineffective in your previous relationships. So it would literally be insane to keep doing that over and over again. So I go out for different types and different kinds of people, different personalities, because I obviously haven't, I haven't found one that meshes with me best, you know? Sure. Yeah, and I think we look at like beyond like types of personality or looks or how like maladaptive or negative patterns, right? I keep picking somebody that doesn't value my worth. I keep picking somebody that's cheating on me that I can't trust. Um, I keep picking um, people that are unavailable, right? And I also... Um, so looking at those kinds of patterns can be really helpful too. Sure. If this isn't really what you want for yourself, then we got to fix this because yeah. um, your picker is, is off. There's something, there's something stopping it. And that's why I feel like friends are so important um, because I feel like some, I know there, there are times I doubted my ability to pick partners or I doubted my friend's ability to pick partners because they might have been with different types of people, but the commonality is, they don't treat them well or like overshadow them, you know, the, mm -hmm. or restrict them. And yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, like they're like, well, like, I, I'm like dating different people, but I was like, are you? Cause I was like, they're displaying similar patterns of like 
not really allowing mm-hmm. you to be you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> like I say this jokingly, but like also not jokingly. Like to some of like my girlfriends who like my guy friends don't call me in like one event. They're like, let's just go on a trip or like let's like hit the gym. It's usually my girlfriends who call me up like like late at night or like they're like crying and like, hey, we broke up, like this happened again. And I'm like, you know what? You're not allowed to pick your, your partner anymore. I was like, <laughs> I was like, they now have to get <laughs> they, I was like, they have to be they have to get a, a three stamp approval from like exactly. from us. Because I was like, I was like, I don't know what it is, but you just can't do it. Like uh yeah, you know. <laughs> off. And usually that's a great place too for therapy. You know, there's some sort yes. of like trauma or a negative belief that's really right, that's really gotten in there. I, I do love that though, the thought of um, getting like approval to date or there was a meme going around that was like, I'm going to be asking for notes from people's therapists before they date me. Yes. So I thought about maybe doing a course like that. Like guys... Come get the note from the therapist, <laughs> and we'll all just be happier. <laughs> Look, that's that's part of my program. I was like, I was like, no, there is like a little, Good. like mini, little, like, like a little, um, kind of like stamp booklet that I was like, hey, before you even get into a relationship, I need you to check all four of these boxes off. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> from yeah, yourself I and from that. one person who knows you. <laughs> because let's be honest, sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. Uh, so I was like, you need an accountability par- uh, partner to make sure you're actually doing your work. You know, you didn't just write something in to fill the lines. That's funny because uh, when we diagnose um, ADD, uh, there's part of that uh, process is there's a, a checklist, a quiz for a partner or a teacher to fill out because we might not always realize the effect we're having or exactly. you know, people... Um, being able to observe us. So yeah, go, <laughs> go ask your friends. I need a signature from a friend. It's like a, it's like a scavenger hunt. I need a signature from a friend who says you're a good listener. <laughs> uh, and you need a guarantor, like, you know, uh, like yeah. a co-signer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. man. I mean, if you need one for a house, I, I won't see why you don't need one for a relationship too. Cause they're both big ventures, you know? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh no, but Valerie, I have, I have loved today's conversation. Um, I don't know what I thought I had in store, but it wasn't this, and I'm glad we got it. You know, um, so I think this is a great place to do a pre wrap because I can't yeah. let you get out of here without doing <laughs> our reverse icebreaker questions. I'm okay. sorry, it's it's a must. Um, All right. Enjoyed this too. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. So I just got a couple more questions for you. They're a little quicker. They get a okay. little more stimulating, thought provoking okay. as we go on. Okay. Uh, Watch out now. But uh, I enjoy them. So that's kind of what matters. <laughs> it's your show. It's your show. Exactly. Thank you. Somebody gets it. What's a really big turn on for you? Like, it's this should be a little easier question because you already have a partner. So, like, what about your uh, right. your partner really like turned you on or drew you to them? Uh, he is probably, even though I feel like I'm a pretty funny person, he's the funniest person I know. So that's a real, like, when I talk about creating a life that, you know, visioning a life that you want, like mine is full of humor, people that we can just laugh like idiots over the funniest, you know, stupidest things. But also I tell him whenever like his business hit a new plateau, you know, like sales wise or money wise, he'd be like, how do you like me now? And I'd go out of my way to say, 
Like that hasn't changed how I feel about you. I'm like exactly the same as I loved you yesterday because I don't think my love is predicated on your money, right? And of course later I'd say like, good job, babe, that's amazing. But when he, so emotional intelligence is a real turn on. Like if he'll say something, if he'll show some like, cause we're doing baby steps, right? We're doing yeah. baby steps. Um, if he does something of emotional intelligence, uh, shows emotional intelligence, I will say, hey, guess what? I do love you a little bit more than yesterday. <laughs> Listen. Listen. Look, come on. We got to keep it real. That's that honesty you're talking about. I was like, I'm here for it. Like, let me know. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The other side of that would be what's like a big turn off. Like, was there anything like at the beginning or even now that like that he does and you're just like, like, what's that 20% that, you know, you're like, mm, maybe I'm not. <laughs> well, okay. The funny one is when we first met, he told me I owed him a birthday present because his birthday was just a few days before we met. And I'm like, I'm not sure. I, d I didn't read those rules. And like, like when I signed up, he's like, you owe me a birthday present. I'm like, okay, what do you want? And he's like, it was, has something to do with like a Disney movie. And I was like, excuse me. Uh, and so at first I'm like, mom, like he he's, loves Disney and he's from a different country, which mm -hmm. I noticed that like, that that's a theme. I mean, nothing wrong with adult Disney lovers, but and then mom was like, "Well, I love Disney. Do you think I'm stupid?" I'm like, "Don't make me answer that question." <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> so at first, I'm like, "I'm not sure about this," but he is a big kid. Uh, but now that twenty percent really is like just. It really is about like not him not realizing his own stuff, but like, you know, it's coming at me and then I have to sort of try and coach us both, which again, I'm thankful that I've learned what I've learned, but um, for me, it goes, it still goes back to, and being shut down. That's also another turnoff. If, if, you, 100%. If, if you don't let me talk, if I feel like you've shut me down, like watch out. Like I feel like that's when I'm, I'm, yeah, I get very angry if I get shut down and I can't speak. That's um, a real turn off. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm right there with you. I've definitely ended a relationship because I had I had a partner who did that. Um, mm. and it, but it, like it was a physical thing. Like they physically like like would like grab my right. lips and like close oh. them. And I was like, no, no, thank you. You don't even get three wow. strikes on that one. That's like a, uh, yeah, no. Wow. Okay. That seems like a, a, a solid move, yeah. like a solid decision. Yeah. Like you talk a lot. And I was like, yeah, I know I talk a lot, but you also have a mouth. And you can be like, hey, babe, like it's bedtime. Like don't grab my mouth. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> okay. So maybe, yeah. So maybe, yeah. There's some emotional intelligence that we have bit. to go there. Yeah. Um, third question. If you could go back yes. in time and tell young Val one yeah. bit of, information about relationships uh what would that be i would tell i think she needs to know that your um your worth is not dependent upon who chooses you and when mm. that is good that's good um because like you said there's always this clock i think i think 30 is a weird number now like you said it, it seems early because like i'm approaching 30 so i was like yeah it is still kind of early but at the same time People's been like, hey, you're like almost 30. Like, when are you thinking about like settling down or like gonna get it together? I, I love that. When are you gonna get it together? I was like, what do you I, what do you mean? I have everything packed in a bag. I'm carrying it in my briefcase. I'm good. I'm happy. It's together. I'm, I'm a household of one. I, I, I have it all together. Listen. Oh yeah, because like it's like 
when you're in, when you're close to it, you're like, no, I'm still young. But uh, on the outside, everybody else thinks it's like a big moment where you should be doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, here's another sort of gem. I'm giving you all the gems today, Josh. Listen, the, I- other, <laughs> the other thing that what I find with women, especially, <clears throat> is that when the most devastating moment in an early relationship is the moment that you finally realize like what you know your partner's hurting you you figure out why and you figure out like what you you want to ask them to do instead what you need from them and then you finally figure out how to communicate it to them and then you communicate it to them and for whatever reason they don't do it and they continue hurting you that's the most devastating moment because we think that just because someone loves us, they like they'll stop doing the thing that hurts us or bothers us or makes us feel insecure. When sometimes their stuff is wrapped into them not being able right. to do that thing for us, right? Uh, and and that's a devastating moment in relationships that I would just love. Like I would have loved to just had that in my back pocket, so when it happened. I would have been at least aware of that possibility right. and been and been ready for it. Like, ah, okay, yeah, he really can't, like he's unable to do that for me because it would require him to do some work that he's probably just not ready to do. And that feels, that feels really tough. I mean, it's honest, it's deep. Um, and hopefully we all, um, everybody listening can take the time or take a step back and realize that once again, I was like, it, like it really might not be you. Maybe it is them in the situation, um, them not being ready or that just not being who they are. And that's okay. Uh, And you have to learn to accept that and learn how you're going to hit this next starting line um, with that information. Um, What's one thing that you think you can do better as a partner? So, So my husband told me that I had a hard time admitting when I was wrong and I was like I have no idea what you're talking about and I didn't like that because I feel like I'm pretty self-aware right um so after that I took every opportunity to go you're right babe yeah you're right I was wrong about that yeah you're right yeah you're right Uh, genuinely right just Mm -hmm. I, I, I became aware of it so I think so I think now I could probably still do a better job of that yeah, I, I'll keep. I'll still keep working. Uh, keep working on that one. And then, final question: mm-hmm. If you were to get a male client today, what would be one of the first things you teach them, or you work with them on? I would start. I would start with mindfulness and non-judgmental noticing, which just kind of gets you to slow down and go, huh. It gives you the space to just kind of say, huh, oh, I notice, I notice that I'm clenching my jaw or I notice I'm balling my fist or I notice I want to run away right now. I notice I don't, I'm raising my voice. I don't like this. Okay. What is that? What emotion are you feeling? And then why? And then how are you going to soothe yourself or what are you going to ask a partner for? So it's really that connecting. I think that's really the first step is 
really getting a deep looking inward, that introspection that we don't value as much from, you know, typical um, male, male society. <laughs> that's well, a starting point well, to validate your own emotions so you can validate others. I think that's a great starting point. Um, that's not too far off what I would do too. So uh, I'm glad that we're kind of in the same wheelhouse there. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, is there any like big projects you have coming uh, anytime soon? Any new workshops or just like kind of let us know where we can find you if we yeah. uh, want to continue on this journey of self-development. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been great. Thanks for having me, Josh. Um, so you can find me at sothisislove.club is my website. Uh, and my, um, my big program right now is Reset Yourself for Love. Uh, it is for women um, who are dating or who are taking a break. And it really is focusing on um, what what you do during that time when you feel like, I don't need to be out here dating. I need to just focus on myself and to really make that time count. Um, and if you, you know, if um, there is a spot, if you're a male, uh, to connect with me on that. Um, and pretty soon I will start the Mastering the Dating course. Um, so you can sign up for my newsletter there. You can also uh, find out about validation and get that first step to reset yourself um, and connect with yourself. You can get that on my website. And um, you can also work with me individually. Uh, just uh, find me at so this is love.club. All righty, guys. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> don't be afraid to take a time. Don't be afraid to take a minute and really just evaluate where you are in your journey and where you want to get to. Because uh, at the beginning and end of the day, it's your life. You have to live it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be intentional. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next Thursday on the next episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad.